So one of the ongoing gags we always have, at least internally, whenever we, or whenever I decide to do a space heater chat, I guess no point really um, hiding that. It's that it usually happens on impulse, and that the others who don't do the chat with me don't know about it until it pretty much goes up. And more often than not, it's, of course, James and myself. And then once in a while, Kevin comes in saying, wait, I didn't know you did that. And Kevin also mentions he has yet to do a space heater chat one-on-one with me. I thought we did do one at some point. Well, you did. We did a a, a space heater, but it was all as a group, right? Oh, I could have swore we did one one one-on-one, but my memory's foggy, so... Well, so is, so is mine, and I'll take you your know, word for you, it for now. <laughs> yeah, well, I've I've been wrong before. Just ask just about everybody in my life. <laughs> so, as mentioned last week, we'll, there's a little bit of flux going on, a bit of changes going on as we reach the this stage of the pandemic. Because I don't think we're it's about to end yet, or at this point. So. We are taping this on Monday afternoon, April the 4th. I had a little time on my hands. Kevin had a little time on my hands. Everybody else has a life. Well, you have a life too, Kevin. Mm -hmm. Um, I I can only speak for myself. So Kevin had a little time on his hands today and was able to do this. And I'll take what I can get with the way... uh, as I said, the schedule is, and I guess we'll talk a little bit more about that a little later on. We got about at least half an hour, I think, to chat. What do you want to talk about for a bit, Kevin? Oh. Is there, like, you went on, I know you, I know last week you were on vacation. Yes, yes, I was. Uh, my sister found a super cheap return flight from... LA to Toronto for like like dirt cheap like we're talking two digits so then she asked me if I wanted to go to LA in Palm Springs and I said you know what why not it's funny not funny but it's interesting in that LA was my last trip to the United States pre-pandemic as well so was that for was that for some sort of concert or something or a, a convention? That was for KCON, yes, which is a K-pop slash Korean pop culture convention. And the main draw for me was that Mama Moo was going to perform mm-hmm. there. And they are my favorite female K-pop group. And they still are? Because you mentioned are. this before. Yeah, actually they're they my favorite are. K-pop group overall. Okay. And see, yes, I'll continue, continue, because I I have a just a K-pop anecdote afterwards. Now, it wasn't just them. Uh, Numerous acts came to perform there as well. Most of them were up and coming. Uh, Some are more established, like newest. So it was just really interesting to see uh, a bunch of performers at once because the way they go about it is that they do 
two different nights where you'll see six or seven acts do a mini set anywhere from three to five songs usually three to usually on average three to four so uh it it was a great way to discover new acts and i had a good time become fan uh did some of those acts find new fans in you a new fan in you more specifically oh yeah a couple did um I I like AB6. Uh they they were one of the ones who were there. Uh that's a a boy band. Um another male K-pop boy band that was really popular and was the main draw for Saturday night was uh, 17. Uh they have a huge following and uh it was funny to see them uh really drive the crowd into a frenzy with theatrics i was uh mm-hmm. yeah they won me over a little bit i'd say well, uh, I'd ask. luna was really good too they were a newer group at the time as well uh mm. there's like i think 11 of those girls or something i don't i don't remember whoever <laughs> well it's it, it, it's that sounds so k-pop or even asian pop generally speaking yeah when you, uh, start to compare to, to to japan i know that there's a lot of differences it's just I'm not into either of them enough to really start to know the differences. And with seventeen, seventeen has thirteen boys in that group. Okay, it's something's seventeen. Wrong. I don't. Yeah, something's wrong here. Is Anybody who knows the reason why can uh, can let us know in the comments of our website or or email or email, or which will you know we'll 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 give away those details at the end. Or if Mike wants to, he can give them out now. Yeah, anime roundtable at gmail.com at anime roundtable. <laughs> okay. Well, my, my the only anecdote I have in terms of K-pop was in the purgatory years that this podcast wasn't on. One of the things I got a little bit into was the old smartphone game Tap Tap Revolution. You know, it was, it was like you know, we were at the peak of those music rhythm games. Oh, and okay. Smartphones attempted them. And I think uh, the company that made Tap Tap Revolution, which was the most popular one that came out, or one of the original ones that came out for mobile phones, it was eventually bought out by EA, and then they basically killed it right after. Why would they but do that? I, I, think, I, there's a, I, I know there's a longer story, but that's what I, how I remember it. And we are talking... 10 plus years ago now. Mm-hmm. But one of the songs, one of the feature songs, so during after one update was a song called Two Different Tears by The Wonder Girls. Oh, Wonder Girls. At the time. You know The Wonder Girls. I know right? of them, yes. Yes, and you uh maybe I've told you this story before. I don't know. My I, friends I loved this. Wonder Girls back in okay, university. So that so you sort of know a little bit about yeah it. my friends were entrenched in the second gen k-pop era so that was yes. wonder girls snsd and uh tiara and all that okay in the case of the wonder and wonder girls were one of the top groups at the time yes arguably arguably the top one and they had a single called Two Different Tears. It was featured in Tap Tap Revolution. The version that 
the game used was an English version. Apparently, they recorded the song in at least three different languages. English, Korean, of course. And I think the last one was uh, some, I think it was Mandarin. Don't quote me on that. I may have to find it again. Yeah, it'd either be Japanese or Mandarin. Okay. So that was the game. And it turned out, you know, I got, I played that particular stage so many times, my overall best score in the game was on one, on two different tiers. At the time, also, within maybe a couple months of me finding this single, they actually went on a world tour, and that tour took them here to the Toronto area. They did a show in Mississauga, actually. They did it at the Living Arts Center near Square One. I don't remember this. Yeah, this was... I don't know, I don't know how big it was at the time. Obviously... Those in the know were certainly eager for it. So that's that I remember. And I remember would have been curious to go, but I never, but I think I was working at the time uh, of the concert. But I know that it, like, it was just them. And I think they, they were dancing and singing to the recorded versions. I don't think they had a live band at the time mm-hmm. to do the concert. But I know it was a, a thing at the time. And we're, as I said, we're talking circa, I think, 2010, 2011. Oh, wow. When they did that. Uh, obviously, the Wonder Girls are, are no longer around. They broke up years ago. But as, the, it, as it is with female K-pop acts, mm-hmm. the, the male think, acts are likely to stick around longer because... Okay, so what's the over-under on BTS? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I think they'll stick. They resigned. Okay, so... Four more years, four more years. At least, I don't remember the terms of the contract. I don't, they normally don't divulge that to my knowledge, but I could imagine it being at least three to four years. I, I can imagine that uh, at least some of those members could be, uh, they could have stake in HYBE at some point or another. HYBE is now the, uh, the parent company the name main, of the, of the company, uh, formerly known as Big Hit Entertainment. So we'll we'll see. Uh, I think they'll be around for a while. Okay. So going back to my wonder wonder years uh, wonder years wonder geez. years wrong genre. wonder girl story yeah wrong title altogether. I, I mean, Chemical Orange Road can be on the on the brain quite a bit, regardless the one person I wanted to single out in all of this is Sun Yi. One of the, um, one of the uh, members, obviously of wonder girls. I think she was, uh, she's referred to as the, as it's, what is this? Former leader and main vocalist of the wonder girls. Okay. Was Sun Mi the leader of wonder girls? I didn't know that. Sun Yi, yeah. Sun Mi, right? Yeah. She's the one that's Sun-Yi. actually Sun-Yi. active. Oh, no, not Sun Me. Uh, I was saying, saying Sun Yi. Oh, Sun Yi. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you meant Sun Me because I thought I knew Sun Me was pretty sure Sun Me was part of Wonder Girls as well. But oh, she was, yes. But, but I, 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 was I don't think she was as popular. But then she's the one that ended up having the successful solo career after the fact. Okay. She has no, because Sun, my point, me, yeah, because Sun Yi, Sun Yi is kind of gone into the background in the in recent years. And maybe of note is that. She, well, she, she's, very, she's very. Um, she was a, she was a missionary also in later years. And she met a Korean Canadian. They got married. 
she has settled in Burlington. They have kids. They, she has a few kids. Uh, when, she has some kids now. And I, th- my understanding is she settled in Burlington. I don't know if she's still there, but I talked this over like one of my, um, colleagues at the vaccine clinic when I worked there was, is of Korean background. Oh, and she told me about, you know, we talked a little bit about, about, um, Asian pop culture. And I mentioned the wonder girls knowing about them. And she told me that they caught up with Sunyi in recent years and that they, it was revealed that she lived in Burlington, which is about what, for people who don't know the area that well, it's about half an hour west of Toronto by drop by car, give or take, uh, yeah, give or take, yeah. So maybe a little more, but it's about it's about a half hour. It's at least a roughly half hour drive outside of west of uh, west of Toronto. It's somewhere in between uh, Toronto and Hamilton. If people want to be able to um, start to know where Hamilton is. So Hamilton's like that symbolic halfway point between Toronto and Buffalo. So uh, Burlington would be just be- just before Hamilton, pretty much. So that's where they say she's uh, she's lived and with her with her uh, Korean Canadian husband, and she has three. And looking at the wiki, which you know it's wiki, but it does say she has three kids now. That's cool. So no, yeah, no, it's a it's a nice story, and uh, I think um, she the two met when the while doing work in Haiti. I think in the aftermath of the earthquake back in I think twenty ten it was. Oh, so there's her. There's the missionary work uh, uh, at the front there. But yeah, that's that's a, that's her story now, and you know she's obviously more or less lived a rather private life since then. So, but that's, uh, there's my, uh, little story. Not, not really much of a story, but okay. So that was the last visit you made. And on this visit, how was it? How was this, a uh, trip from last week? I will say I enjoyed LA more than Palm Springs. And, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You did Palm Springs as well. And that's because... I am not a resort person. Oh, okay. No, I think I understand where you're about to go with this. So I don't find resorts appealing because my mindset is that if I wanted to just relax, I can just relax at home. I don't need to pay to go somewhere to relax. Well, nowhere far away that is. I understand the appeal, but I prefer just going to different locations, discovering new things, discovering cool shops, uh, finding food to eat. Uh, That's not to say that Palm Springs and the surrounding area doesn't have those things like we went to Joshua tree national park and that was a pretty good time overall, despite the heat. But it is a very resort town. Mm. So for me, I, you know, I enjoyed it. 
uh, you know, I made the best of it. Uh, I did find a cool little, uh, not really a department store, but it was a building that had eight or 10 different boutiques. Some were clothing, some were painting, some were home decor. So that was a nice little treat, especially because yeah. uh, you can find a lot of that stuff there, but finding stuff that caters to me was tough because most of the menswear stores there are very resort wear, which makes sense given the location. But yeah, that, they actually had a menswear store there called Bowie & Co. that carried more contemporary menswear that you know is more my alley yeah i know you're the you're the you're the of the five of us the fat most fashionable i wouldn't say most like i want to say well in comparison in comparison to the five the others i guess so uh it's i mean in the grand scheme okay i granted (laughs) you're on the bottom but (laughs) you'd be more on the bottom i guess but in comparison, the uh, the bunch of us, the five of us, who regularly do this show. So, so how many days were we there? How many days was it? Uh, we flew in Saturday morning and left the following Saturday so, in the oh, morning. Roughly a week. So it was about See, a week, I- yes. Yeah, I didn't know you were, like, I knew you were taking this trip, but I just didn't know exactly how long. I thought it was a weekender thing, but no, it was longer than that. Yeah, this, I don't normally do long trips because my work situation normally didn't allow me to justify taking long trips. And usually these kinds of trips are tied to an event that I want to go to or an exhibit. This case. Yeah. In this in this case, this was not the case. So it was really just an opportunity for me to just, you know, go out and do stuff in a place that I don't oh, normally so- live in. <laughs> it it, it sounded like it was still a, regardless a good time just to do other stuff. Yeah. Uh and I, I I get it for the listeners. This is not really related. Well, sorry. There's some I did some anime stuff there. Uh I went I to Let's pull it in. Let's hear it. So on our first day, uh, we were in the suburbs. So we were in uh, Torrance, California, which is south mm-hmm. of L.A. And I don't know if it's like actually part of L.A. proper or if it's like a Markham or it's its own municipality. I don't recall. But uh there were a couple of book offs in the area, so I was able well, to yeah. check those out. Yes, even I would remember them. Uh, the prize find for me was uh, a, a complete set of the story of Sai and Koku on DVD. You didn't have to pay an arm and a leg, did you? I pretty much paid retail price for it, but uh, it tends to go for a little more on ebay nowadays because it is out of print and it hasn't been licensed rescued yet so uh and i really do like that show so i might actually give it a watch if i can make some time Ah, uh, yeah time uh, but uh the book offs normally do uh do their research when it comes to 
out of print, Pricing these like things? Blu-rays and stuff. Yeah, they so, usually do. And do you think they did their research on this one at the very least? Um, like. I think they did. Because uh, if they really, if they didn't, it, it probably would have been like thirty bucks, like or twenty bucks, like all the other DVDs. But, but like, yeah, some you know some DVDs were actually more expensive than others. Uh, like not every DVD was like five bucks, like you'd think it'd be. Uh, and then you know, there's a lot of Blu-rays there too, and a lot of manga, and a lot of figures, and uh, even stuff like like CDs and like soundtracks, and even concert Blu-rays. They have those too, and you know, a lot of Japanese manga as well. So it's it's the full gamut. Hmm. Doesn't sound all that bad though. At least a nice little adventure in that sense. Yeah. As, 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 as. Yeah. Uh, in LA proper on Tuesday. Actually, wait, before I get into that, uh, we did go to J Town or Japan Town in the first night as well. Uh, I didn't make it in time for Anime Jungle, which is the predominant uh, anime store in J Town, but. I shouldn't I keep on saying J Town, but it's. Uh, I know we have it because Toronto has its own J has its own J Town, and it's really just a st- uh, little shops and on in an, mm-hmm. in an otherwise un- under underused. Yeah, strip mall. Not really even a strip mall. It's just it's like a complex, more like it. Yeah, a little little complex. That's a good way to put it, right? And it it keeps changing a little bit. I've I know it's. I've been told it's changed quite a bit from my last visit, but um, okay. Well, let, we'll talk. Let, let's talk a little bit GTA afterwards. But uh, sorry, but uh, we ended up eating at Sushi Komasa, which is a very small Japanese-run sushi place that had pretty good food, and the fish portions were pretty good, and. Not a lot of rice on the sushi, which is always appreciated. So that means the topping was the, was the emphasis. Uh, we waited almost an I think yeah almost an hour to get in, but yeah, it was worth there it. There was a lineup. Yes, you, you know what as they say, there's a lineup in front of places. You know they're probably quite good, or at least the thinking is they'd be good. If not, if yeah. Less a lineup, more of a wait list. And because we didn't have a phone number at the time for us, for them to call us back with, like somebody had to stay at the place the whole time. So we would, mm. you know, interchange between who was waiting while someone would go and explore Japantown. Because there is us, there's also like a central complex in Japantown where there's a lot of shops and, and like restaurants. So, it was a good way to kill time in that sense. Anime Jungle was on Tuesday is when I finally made it over. That's a that's a okay. You said it's a store, right? It's it's yeah, like I, four I, or five stores. Office. They so they occupy oh. they occupy like four or five different spaces in the in the mini arcade. And how it would work is that one store will sell just trading card games, and then one store would sell predominantly like uh like model kits and then 
one store had the video games and then another store had like your anime manga and general figures and general merchandise like a mini mall it sounds like yeah they occupied the bulk of the first level of the arcade well it's easy appeal for really anybody into it kind of a mini mini well i won't say akihabara or uh nakano broadway that's probably unfair that's probably not a great comparison or is it i don't know Mm -hmm. never really you know not having any real experience with those such places but it's it's an easy appeal for that for you know our fandom right yeah so it's just it, it, it we talk a lot of, a lot about anime and manga and the industry and the me, and the media mix ecosystem constantly on this show and i think there's there you see it kind of playing out right before your eyes because you know uh, different sections of the different little stalls or sections devoted to one specific part of the mix that's what it sounds that's what i think of when you uh, make that description yeah and yeah a lot of people were there it's uh you know a lot of young people well, for sure yeah if there's anybody who lives in southern california that like, can enlighten me a little bit better i'm not totally sure that's the right word but i tell me what type of place i i'm curious to know what type of place it is for local fandom in la I mean, Toronto has its obvious ones here. We've kind of mentioned them in the past. So I wonder what it would be there. Uh, J-Town I just mentioned. We just mentioned J-Town, which is in Markham. On the topic of Markham, right? Mm-hmm. Is, which is like, yeah, a, a more or less complex uh, that has, well, it, it's it's flagshipped by a little supermarket. But there's other little places around it too. Some for books, some that have been known for cosmetics, little eateries. Yeah, uh, I believe that's Heisei Mart, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's Heisei Mart. Yeah, Heisei Mart is the uh, supermarket that kind of um, anchors the place. And that's that's always been the mainstay. Yeah. Uh, but I know there's more to it now. With J-Town here, it's, I think the notable places now in J-Town are uh, Famu, which is the butcher there now mm-hmm. that also does wholesale for uh several restaurants if i'm not mistaken and you would go there if you want your your a5 a4 meats mm. okay and if you want wagyu from texas or japan or wherever there they can be a connection regard uh, at a point i guess so uh, the places I go to the most in J-Town are, uh, Tanuki, which is a Yoshoku-style Japanese restaurant. I think I've heard of, I, that name. The description sounds familiar. They might've been featured in a blog TO. Yes, they have been. Uh, there's also a really good patisserie there called Yuzunoki, hmm. which is, oh, it's so good. <laughs> and... Uh, so you, you, do you need a second to to stop drooling? No, I'm good. And okay, there's a another place that I don't remember their name off the top of my head, but they they do like mochi there. That's been pretty good. 
Okay. Let me look them up well, for me while you talk. Well, if... send the link. It's Sasaki Fine Pastry. There oh. you go. Sasaki Fine Pastry. Well, uh, maybe uh, maybe it's easier if I just put up the uh, entire... It, does J-Town have a website? It should. I don't know should if they I? do, actually. Well, we'll look it up then. If you are not familiar with it, uh, or with the area, if, especially if you're not from Toronto, if you're from out of town, J-Town is, as I said, it's in Markham. It's north of, it's north of Toronto in the um, 404 Steels area. So that's roughly northeast, I guess, north to the, towards the east. A little and bit. if you, yeah, and if it's part, it's a perfect spot, a uh, perfect spot to visit if you're visiting the corridor that's ultimate or that part of the city or that's ultimately anchored or most notably anchored by Pacific Mall because J Town is about a five minute drive west of Pacific Mall. So it, it's tough to miss because. Well, well, you can miss it, but you know you've gotten too far if you find yourself passing over the four, the uh, four hundred four. Mm-hmm. You're going west, west away from, from Pacific Mall. You know you've gone too far if you find yourself going over the four hundred four itself, the highway. Yes. Uh, uh, just go uh, back about a one, one stop, one or two stoplights, and you'll be fine. Yeah, uh, I will say with L.A. Just to go back to that briefly, I would say Animal Jungle is the is the anime store in LA. I don't know of any others that are to that scale anywhere, let alone in LA. <laughs> uh, there was a couple other stores that I went to. Uh, I didn't get to go into Anime Station. They were they were a predominantly figure-based store. Uh, there was a couple other stores that sold a lot of bootleg merchandise, which was pretty amusing. Well, yeah, that sounds like uh, that sounds like early aughts Toronto. Yes. Anyways, there's also I didn't know that was still a thing, but okay. Uh, also, saw two or three different uh, independent boutiques that sold their own brand of clothing. I don't remember their names, but I thought that was pretty intriguing as well. Like pretty much just local clothing stores that cater to like the anime fan, so to speak. So, like in terms of their designs. So it's always nice to see those kinds of stores uh, thriving. You you always hope for little small businesses. And yeah. I think we've had like we've had this uh, off the air type discussion about those type of things. You you always uh, cross your fingers for little little small mom and pop. Well, not really mom and pop, but certainly um, small businesses. And we this has been kind of like one of those flagship discussions in the during the pandemic supporting supporting local right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you hope there, you cross your fingers and hope to find something, you know, uh, worthwhile to help them. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, anything else to add or that you might think that uh, listeners will find interesting or hmm. we're pretty much uh, done or we're pretty much done the, um, the K and J pop, uh, experience for for la at least uh this for this trip uh two other quick highlights would be uh afuri ramen was good they were in the more artsy district of la if i'm not mistaken and they have this really nice yuzu broth 
ramen that really well, the spot. Yes, I'm, I'd be curious. Like um, the one experience, the experiences I have of yuzu, and they're actually kind of limited. It's like really, really interesting, sour taste it, but it has a slightly bitter finish at times. Mm-hmm. But it's still, but not in a not in a really off putting way. Like that's that's my experience as I remember it with uh, with yuzu. It was they, it was a nice experience because I had that as like a I had that uh, in a dessert. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to another ramen place too, and I. Oh, we went to we went to Daikokuya as well. Although we went to the Santa Monica branch this time around, not the one in J in Japantown. Uh, that place is pretty good too. Uh, although I've had it before, so that this that time we went was to let my brother in law try it out. But uh, I would say Afuri was pretty pretty good. Uh like when i re-listen to this i'm gonna try and jot down all the names and then we'll put links up to all these places okay uh i'll do my best i, I know i've been horrible with it lately but I'll <laughs> do my best and i would say my fashion highlight was uh, dover street market which is a which is a uh contemporary designer clothing store that's run by co- the come to garçon group I'm not sure if you're familiar with that brand, Mike. But no, I'm not. I, I, I mean, as I said, you're the you're the fashion plate in comparison. So if you've that. ever seen young people wear, oh, I, that one's familiar. If you've ever seen young people wear uh, shirts with a little bug-eyed heart as a logo, hmm. like it's a heart, and then you see two little bug eyes on the heart. That's that's from Comme des Garçons Playline, and that's the that's their most commercial brand. Okay, and then they but they do perfumes, they do uh, accessories, but the more contemporary stuff would come from uh, Comme des Garçons other lines, which that's where the the creator of the brand, uh, Ray Kawakubo, really flexes her creativity and you see some really out there stuff from her other lines <laughs> for both men and women yeah some really really crazy stuff at times okay yeah it's, i'm a fan of the brand uh i've owned a couple pieces here and there from them as well as from junior watanabe which is one of her proteges who has his own line under come to garçon uh mm-hmm. and also you do see a bunch of stuff from the usual suspects like your Prada, like your Gucci, like uh what else? Balenciaga and Bottega Veneta, but you also do see a lot of contemporary stuff like Rick Owens and and Le Mer, among other brands. And yeah, it's like a- the the older the older school brands I, I recognize. These more contemporary ones I don't easily recognize. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, would you consider them up and coming brands or just something else altogether? They're already established for the most part. It's just that uh, they're in the more contemporary sphere. So then, if you don't like actively seek them out, you just won't really know. Uh, it's okay. I would say with Dover Street Market, it's always nice to go there, if only because they they have really nice displays. For their uh, for most of those brands at times, because usually they will collaborate with 
the brands themselves. And I think if I'm not mistaken, how it works is that the brand, like representatives from those designer brands will come in and create their own displays. Mm-hmm. And it can be very visually. It's a visual treat. So even if I, even if I may not have the intention to spend money there, it's always nice to go in, take some photos. Uh, and it, it really, a good visual display really can sway you to maybe trying something on. I w- I would say. Well, in, in the retail world, it's uh, retail displays is, are an art form in many ways. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they, I've seen little profiles on them and how much effort they put into that. Yeah. And it's interesting to see like how the store picks and chooses which pieces to buy for their clientele. Because in theory, LA is a very, you know, glitzy. Well, there's something stereotypical. About yeah. It, there's right? like a glitz and glamour element to LA at times. So then at least, and there's know, some in, at least in, terms of like the celebrity world so some of their stuff leans towards that but then they still have their own comedy garçon twist to them Hmm. so it's yeah it's really interesting to see that sometimes okay but yeah i i always like to go to dover street market whenever i'm in a city that has them okay i get it especially the new york location oh that's seven stories this was like one story, but it was like a pretty big space overall, whereas New York is like six or seven stories of just a lot of stuff. <laughs> Literally on top of each other. Yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds like a hell of a week. I'll, I'll, that much I'll, I'll I grant. The only thing I'm wondering, um, and I guess uh, this is like as we start to pull back a little bit and start to conclude your uh, little journey there, you know, the, the family journey. Because it was with your sister, um, and company. So, how was the uh, COVID protocols in terms of uh, getting to and from? Because I know that's like we hear all a lot about about uh, things being restrictions being lifted or light or loosened, and I know in terms of air travel, there's been a few things on that front. So, how what was the experience like uh, in a COVID? in terms of flying to and from Canada or between Canada and the States in this later stage COVID world? You do need to conduct a test the day before you fly out. Are we talking rapids or PCRs? Any test, really. Any test that's approved by the CDC which is the American equivalent of Health Canada. And we also had to fill out a specific form for LA as well, Mm -hmm. saying that, oh, yeah, we don't have COVID symptoms. And that's its own site, but then you have to do the test, and then you actually have to upload it onto Air Canada's website. Like pretty much when you check in, it's either you check in like online and it might force you to go through prompts or you click a link on your email saying like, oh yeah, you need to do all these things before you could fly in and then you just do them. 
That's good then. With the return flight. Oh yes. Uh, well, getting out might be one is might be the easy, easier part of the equation, isn't it? Yeah, Especially because we because yeah. we just made it in time for Canada not requiring a PCR test or an antigen test on the way back. All we needed to do was to download the Arrive Can app and go through the prompts there. Mm. Was it so from your experience, did you find it complicating or was it fairly straightforward? More or less straightforward. Uh, your experience was okay. Going in is a little bit less straightforward, but still not hard. Going back was simple. Oh, yeah, okay. Maybe, like I said, anecdotally, I, we just, it's just been well uh, docu- or at least profiled that um, some people have had issues. But then again, you know, you don't hear about people getting it, having a smooth um, transitions here, right? Yeah, we, cause, hear about because, yeah, April 1st was when Canada decided that they no longer needed a PCR test or an antigen test coming into the country because you know we we need the money yeah that's what i suspect they want to well and then they the tourist dollars i guess boy do we need it Mm -hmm. oh the i think everybody any tourist destination would appreciate it regardless whether it's in canada u.s or otherwise otherwise in the world but i guess you know, when, when we t- uh, at the end of last week uh, with uh, with James, we I acknowledged that this, as things were, you know, op- uh, restrictions were le- loosening and things were opening up, and some of us were getting back to normal. Go- the Metrolinks, the company that runs the Go Trains and the Up Express, the the base, the commuter rail services in the Greater Toronto area, they've been they've said they've been expecting an uptick in ridership over the next little bit because a lot more um, offices are reopening. So as I said, the thing is it's, I'm loath to call all the changes that this pot that I'm personally facing in relation to this podcast. I'm hesitant to call this the end of the, of the pandemic series. It's just, it's just that the way we're going to be doing the show for the next little while just like the pandemic itself is just slightly changing. Mm-hmm. Well, because you're like, it's just like, well, yeah, you're back to work now, back at my regular job, and we and I want to give a quick quick shout out before as I start this part. Quick shout out to the people who run at um, Toronto Public Health, who I worked for on and off since uh, since the summer when I I keep mentioning the vaccine clinics I worked at. They were under under um, Toronto Public Health with the City of Toronto, and I and specifically I worked at one that's actually part of that ten minute uh, ten minutes south of um, the Anime North complex because it was it was a pretty much along the way. And as I said, there were good people who who are there, and they're still there, who are doing their best to um, help people weather. What's going on? Even though the storm, I was about to say weather the storm, but the storm is much calmer these days. Although you do hear a lot about this sixth wave that's running now and an Omicron variant that 
you know, it seems to be running quite running well right now. Although I don't know what to make of it, and really, yes, I, I want to read up a little more, but I don't know how much that'll derail what's going on right now. Well, like any of the things going on. Well, first of all, Mike, thank you for your service. Truly, I give it more to the nurses. Mm-hmm. The I give it more to the nurses who who were working that place. I just did the crowd control, and. Uh, my other point would be, you know, I don't think that we should have dropped the mass mandates or the vaccination passports. Okay. I don't. I didn't see any need for them to do that, other than for uh. Dougie over there to appeal to his right-leaning base. I was about to say political gain, yes. Some poli- uh, for some brownie points. And I am and as much as I hate saying this, I a part of okay, I I don't how do I put this? It's kind of weird wishing for things to regress but i will say that if if we regress to the point where it affects Doug Ford's chances for re-election then i'll take it because i do suspect he will win even with Jeez. all the shit that's happened even with all the with all this stuff with you know how we've handled this entire pandemic and now he's trying to win voters back by giving me and everybody else refunds on their license plate stickers and and you know making two of the highways toll free but not the one that really matters and and it's because four oh seven is its own story. All sorry, what the, the four oh seven is you know yeah that's that's that's, that's uh itself. yeah that's that's a forbidden tale of its own indeed. But fuck you, Mike Harris. But uh, it's um, but it's the sad thing is that people have short term memories. And yeah. they, and they know that the conservatives know that, so that's why by trying to appeal to the layman, to the uh, to the common folk that may not be as politically savvy, they want to try and win those people to vote for them, and and it's it's unfortunate that we don't have an opposition with a leader charismatic enough to combat him see that's i was about to bring up the whole you know voter splitting and really fragmented opposition that's out there right now there isn't there isn't a a clear-cut op a clear-cut favorite amongst the uh, anybody who would be opposition to to doug ford and the progressive conservatives and that's probably 
why their chances of getting reelected. And for reference, the uh, Ontario provincial election is set for, I think, June 1st, is it? I believe so. It is June, yes. Very early June, probably June 1st. So he's you're, so the idea that he's trying to gain points in ahead of that is not unfounded. I mean, it's a, it's a fair discussion. It's a fair debate. But as I said, you look at you look at the uh, option. Uh, you look at the opposition, and it's fairly fragmented. And I think that's where that's where um, the 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 ruling party ultimately will have a chance. But I don't know. Well, give me a last thought. I I, I don't want to get too far into it because yeah, there's a few other things I want to talk about before we go, and we're almost an hour in. Yeah, uh, it's. Don't have much else. I'm just bracing myself for another conservative. Four more years. Ah, uh, fuck, man. Well, I mean, we had a the. I mean, we had the center left liberals before then for more than a decade. So, but well, but um, th- let's see how ba- things bear out in the next little bit, and um, keep uh, anybody out there just keep yourself informed. And there's the whole bypass thing, that highway that they want to build, and that's another story. Oh, that, too. Yeah, oh. yeah, I know, I know, I know that. Oh. I get it. Ontario, yours to discover if you can afford it. <laughs> um, do you want me to talk about where I am back at work just for a second? Since we mentioned, I mentioned that yes, the things are changing because of my regular um, work status and. I've never okay. Yeah, I didn't, sure. I kind of sidestepped the question, the idea, the talk about it about it last week with James, but I never really hit it because, or I stopped hiding where I worked because I know I brought it up with Angela during the very first official Space Heater chat we did, right back in August of 2020, because we got into this discussion about repetitive, um, repetitive movement issues, which uh, Angela mentioned in her work, right. And I revealed for the first time that I, 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 I'm a longtime casino worker. So I started working cards. And the idea of repetitive stress injuries, I fully understood because I faced a little bit of that pre-pandemic in my arms and shoulders. So that's where I, that's my regular job. I, I do work in a casino and you might imagine it's pretty close to the Anime North compound. Trust me, if you're in the area, you'll be able to figure out exactly where it is. So that's where I, I was recalled to a couple weeks ago. Um, I was told it's, I was told they had a couple of, um, like, like every business that's trying to ramp themselves back up at post in the latter stage pandemic, it's had its issues in, in doing so. It's been in that mode since on and off since, uh, since the summer. And I know by the time I returned there uh, last week, just before the end of March, or two weeks ago, I know that uh, a lot of things had been smoothed, but there's still issues. And it shows a little bit, but I know that they're just weathering, trying to weather themselves as best they could. But it, but to, on a personal level, it it's good to be back. But I know that my, you know, it's a casino. It's a twenty four seven business. So that's that's what's affecting things here. 
that's what's affecting this show because frankly speaking the um we're just looking for ways for our schedules to match to be able to regularly do shows and do other things and you know so for all of for myself to be to try and keep myself uh you know more up to up to speed on things so we'll uh We'll bear just so that's why I asked uh, people last week to bear with us for just a little while while we figure out the uh, new groove and new routine for um, for the future of uh, of the roundtable. And trust me, it's not ending. We just a few things to figure out. The best we could do this week was just a yet another space heater chat. So I apologize for anybody hoping that we're hoping for episode 65 right now. Not yet, but we'll get there. But that all said, since we did a space heater last week, uh, Kevin, or just looking ahead, looking back and looking ahead, is there one thing? Um, I'll give you the floor. Is there one thing from the space heater chat that caught your attention that we that James and I talked about? Or is there something you're looking ahead to in our fandom in, in the anime manga video game world that you think will be you're keeping an eye on? Oh, well, let's see here. Uh. I didn't catch the discotheque panel until the very end, but I did end up rewatching it because they did replay it after because it was up for uh, at least a little bit. I don't know if it's still it's up. Probably, uh, who knows? You know, they, they don't, it's, it's limited time, but I did watch it. Uh, pretty cool of them away? to relicense Digimon. Well, not relicense, but pretty cool of them to license the Digimon TV series. Uh, was there ever a Japanese release in the past? No. Like a Japanese language release? No. So this is going to be a... So this seemingly would be a first for North America. Yes. Or at least North America. And uh, it's cool for them to make use of Astro Res after all. After it didn't happen with Project Echo because uh, Robert Wood had found the Masters. Yeah, because of the Master discovery. And... Uh, it makes sense for them to put the dub on its own disc because of how the cuts happened, how that show was edited. So it'll be like Monk Calling Nights where they'll, I believe it's, they'll do the dub first and they will put out a sub only set afterwards. Oh, so, interesting. Okay. I believe that's happening with Metabots as well. That's how they're going to do it with Metabots. So. Something for the uh, nostalgia and something for the true collectors. Yeah. Uh, hey, it, it because of the logistics of how those shows are created at the time, I'd say that's a good resolution. Uh, let's people see. People, people will pay, but people will probably pay willingly too. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm, those those were those were benchmark. That was a benchmark title in its day. Yeah. For, for fandom. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm too old to probably appreciate it, but I know, you know, younger, younger, um, younger generations, more recent fans would have a better appreciation. Mm-hmm. Not more recent, but, you know, those that came in in that, in that period, in the aughts period. Well, was Violence Jack a relicense? Like they, like they, it was, was it one of their previous DVD only releases that be, that then, they're reissuing on Blu-ray, or was that a brand new license? That I don't recall. I do not recall either, so I'm not going to make an assumption either way. I just loved how when they announced that, they played that 10-second clip with like a fucking shit, fuck shit, fucking like that. I couldn't help but laugh out loud. And, they said, and, the, and, the, and they said afterwards, that's about the only thing we can safely show. Yep. 
Oh man! And then, yeah, and then I went on, the, and then I made, and then I shot myself in the foot with the whole mosaic uh, line. It's just—it's almost as iconic as that one angel cop clip where the guy just burst in and just like shoots the whole place up and everything. <laughs> oh man! Okay. Uh, well, and Kakaishi was announced as well, I believe, because that was initially a streaming only arrangement. So that caught your attention. Yeah. Uh, fantastic series. Uh, unfortunately, the full manga was never adapted, but it really is criminally well, underrated. Mm-hmm. Well, we're at the stage where you where one where one thing can ultimately help the other. Like I, I you like to think that if one part of the media mix makes itself popular then there'll be a request to see the other parts of the media mix of a certain ip that's where i think we're you're hoping we're at that stage i i this i wouldn't say this would be a test oh no we we are at that stage for new shows a hundred percent newer titles but older titles could that be helped normally through tiktok nowadays so anything can happen because uh that that brought forth uh, a lot of fans for several different shows because different manga and anime uh, TikTokers would, you know, display clips or panels of the anime or manga that they're displaying. And that's why Nana got popular again after so many years. That's why Mars got popular again after so many years. That's why Beck became popular again after so many years. Yeah, I wonder how that guy running who ran off with my D, with the DVD set I sold to the Noma Noichi feels about that. Oh. Uh, and uh, you're seeing it I now with while. sorry, what? I, I I mean I I know I sold it off for what I thought was a good price at the time, but I think it's appreciated a little more since then. Oh, uh, for which one, Nana? Back, back. Ah, uh, back. Ah, uh, I, I haven't maybe looked not. it up. I haven't looked up pricing for Beck in a while. Uh, okay. Anyway, um, give me a last thought. Also, uh, but yeah, you're seeing it with, uh, I'll give you two thoughts, but uh, you see it now with a lot of new shows where the anime will come out and then the manga just becomes like hard to find because it just sells through entirely. And then, and then if, and if the publishers didn't plan a reprint in anticipation of that, then you're going to be waiting a while because uh, one of the last hits of this past a winter anime season was uh, my dress up, darling. Oh yes, well, which I've yet to like. I, I, I mean, I now it's now in my queue, by the way, in my in my Crunchyroll queue, uh, which did get its second season confirmed, and uh, it's you. It's hard to find the manga now. I believe that is a Square Enix title, if I'm not mistaken. And yep, pretty hard to find that at retail right now. Supply chain issues. Yep, less. It's out of print, just supply chain. Issue. Yeah. Uh, it makes me wonder what's going to happen with Chainsaw Man when that anime comes out. And uh, same with Spy Family, which is coming out pretty soon, too. Like, I think it's going to come out this week. Mm-hmm. On Crunchyroll. And then speaking of Crunchyroll, yeah. uh, yep, not surprised that they pulled that act of... The ads? The ads, yep. Yeah. Uh, Think it was I know, because I know you 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 started going pirate uh, pirate flag emojis with me afterwards. Well, yeah. So I like I I've said this before. I 
almost never watch Crunchyroll just because I almost never watch anime nowadays. But so this this doesn't really affect me personally. It sucks for sucks for um you know the younger fans who can't justify paying for a monthly subscription or a yearly subscription or they can't convince their parents to pay for it but it's okay because they're gonna find other ways to watch it anyway and a lot of those young people already do regardless to be honest those anime sites exist still and they're thriving Mm -hmm. and but you know what i don't blame crunchyroll for doing that they 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 see they did the math as you guys talked about last week. Yeah. Well, um, more James than me, but yeah. Yeah. This is a calculated decision. No, no thing. These things aren't necessarily like they, they don't, they're the decisions aren't made in a vacuum. And it sucks for us up here. We'll see something that we don't, that we are biased for not wanting to see. Yeah. and And it sucks for us up here because they already, blocked a lot of that content to us in the first place without paying so then canada's has to pay to watch almost everything on that site which blows which blows but i was about to say then what really changes for it's like you can't tell me that the ad revenue is so bad like it can't be that bad even when you compare it to like tiny ass countries that also have Crunchyroll. like really we're worse than them when it comes to ad revenue like i just find that so hard to believe ah oh. i know there's i know i have something to say i i just know there's a thought that comes to my mind when i think when you say that and the thought is nfl but maybe i have to flesh that out and think about that a little more but yeah, okay. it sucks because it, this really doesn't affect most of my friends because most of them just pirate anyway. And yeah. these are people with well-paying jobs too. Mm, well, and for me, it doesn't affect me because You're, I have a yeah. You have a subscription, anyway. willing to pay that. And I don't have a subscription just because I just don't watch any anime. So there's no yeah. point in me paying I mean, for it. But uh, well, I, I, I'm I'm willing to pay, but I I can't say I've gotten value out of it. Because frankly, I haven't had time. Yeah, and but I'm gonna. But I do try. I do try, and hopefully, I'll have a little bit more time in the, in the future. And this is why I avoid subscription services when I can help it. Yeah, I know. It's always that's always the temptation with these uh, these type of things, and it's not just uh, entertainment, but gyms too, but, or and, other things. And yeah, them doing away with the Funimation brand makes sense. Uh, obviously, Crunchyroll was the more popular brand. It was the more global brand. And it's probably the one that, well, I, I said it's, we're like, James and I are puzzled, but would have preferred the Funimation brand, but we're not that demographic. I, I feel like, I think my preference, well, not I think, but well, I do think this, my preference would have been you use Crunchyroll as the streaming and then you would keep Funimation for the home video releases, but... That's just me talking out of nostalgia because I'm also like you guys and that I was familiar with all these companies back in the day because this was when I actively followed the industry because I I followed it pretty much as much as James did back in the early 2000s and, uh, you know, buying all these DVDs when I was in high school, saving up money for months to buy one DVD with four episodes on them for 
like 22 bucks because I would, you know, try and find them for as cheap as I could. Yeah, which which I was about to say that was a that was a deal at the time. <laughs> yep, that was a deal at the time. Sometimes you would you would hope for like the right stuff sale where you would pay eighteen bucks and then the conversion kicks in, so it would be twenty two. Or sometimes even um, what's his face, not Suncoast, um, Starstruck would sometimes have okay prices, or sometimes one million would have okay prices when they were still actively selling that stuff. So yeah, kind of nostalgic for it, but. I think it was for the best. Yeah, well, I, on a business decision, I wouldn't. I, I'm not faulting the the call. Yeah, I guess we'll talk about it a little more. End of an era for Funimation, though, in one sense. Oh, it is. It is. It is. And I, I guess as we'll talk more about the the phase out as it as it continues. I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm done. So for me, yeah, for me, um, there isn't really too much to add. Uh, that I want to talk to bring up because I know that that leads to an even longer discussion. Um, yes, the PS stuff, the PlayStation stuff. I I still I'm still digesting it, so give me some time. I, I know that announcement was made. That's a whatever for me because yeah, I, I think video it might games be from, on Sony anymore. Yeah, it, because well, this is. I think I think this might be as much a. Like my my first blush is saying it's just to be able to keep everybody keep their current current user base more firmly in there, just to just to keep them uh, keep them in there have that given that option even though it when you compare it with Xbox uh, with the Xbox passes probably there's more of that Xbox offers just a little more but just enough just enough to keep people firm firmly entrenched in the uh, PlayStation ecosystem. But um, let me think. Let me take a look, a longer look at that, and ask around, and get some get some more thoughts on that. It's just, yeah, that that that's about the only thing that's uh, that's stuck out to me in the last week. And then there's just this hope that I can give myself time to do more things. I'll tell you this much: the mm-hmm. one reason I have not, like, uh, the only video, I'm my video game playing is still not good right now. It's I'm still on just playing the odd time streets of rage four, but I haven't really played in the last week and I haven't started any other games. And I think part of it is because I want to start sharing that with, uh, with regular, with well, not regular, but sharing that on, uh, on Twitch streams. Okay. I play a couple of other games and I've bought it and I've bought a couple games on, on sale, at least download wise, like Bomberman, the late, the most recent Bomberman was there for like seven bucks. Okay. And I want to, because I saw in, in the clinic, some, they played video games and they played an old school uh, Bomberman game before, before shit, before the clinic opened. And everyone was just having, the guys were just having fun <laughs> trying to uh, blow each other up. Good old Bomberman. Yeah. So I, so I found, uh, I found the most recent version and it's there and, you know, I, I just want to give myself time to, you know, I, I, I guess, I don't know. Should I? I want to start streaming while playing them, or maybe I should just play them and then I can share what I found out later on when I actually do start streaming them. I think it's more, I think that'll be more the case, but we'll see. Sometimes it's just better to just do it. Just, yeah, once again, hit the record, just just stream it. And just, just have a little fun to don't make it a production. right? Yeah. Like, you know, you do it just for the sake of testing it or, yeah. And then, you know, maybe play and maybe someone joins, who knows? But I know, uh, and I know you wouldn't be doing it necessarily to be like a mega successful streamer. You're just doing it just for fun. But 
So well, yeah. just like this podcast, just to, just for just for posterity and see if anybody else can enjoy watching. Just just for my own enjoyment, really. Hmm. Uh, which probably should be the yeah, biggest reason most people should do things. Anyway, but the th- the problem is, well, you know, time is is a thing, and I know we have to almost cut this short. We're over an hour, and I didn't quite intend for that. And I have to go off. I have to. We have to end this in a bit because honestly, well, you know, I have to go to work. I have to rest up and go to work. It is an overnight shift, so you know, I have to. I do have to make a living so I can pay for the uh, things um, that we talk about here. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just the way it is. You know? <laughs> but at least we had time to do it. So uh, thanks for the time, Kevin. You're welcome. Um, so as I said, uh, this is just something we want to throw up just before, and then we'll see what we can do to be able to do a proper episode, episode 65. But until then, well, that's all we have for the space heater chat. So if you have any questions, comments, if you want to answer some of the questions we were asking earlier in the, in this hour, um, anime roundtable at gmail.com is our email address. We are on Twitter and Instagram at anime roundtable. Anime roundtable.com is our really badly up-to-date website. Uh, stuff, uh, changes coming hopefully very soon. Our podcast website, animeroundtable.captivate.fm. That's a new one we have to add. And then we're on Twitch, twitch.tv slash animeroundtable and YouTube. Probably, I can't uh, really mention how to uh, express that channel. We'll 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 try and put up links as best we could. So, and uh, since you're listening to this as a podcast, wherever you're listening to this, hopefully you'll uh, give us a review. And hopefully that'll help us, uh, you know, find more listeners in the near, in the near future. Always hoping for, what are we hoping for, Kevin? A five-star review. As always. Or just any review, really, but... Yeah, just anything that says that uh, you're breathing. <laughs> but uh, as I said, but at the rate things we're going, we'll try and put up something on an almost weekly basis or... But in any event, wherever you're listening to this or wherever you're hearing this, just uh, subscribe or follow us on all the platforms we said we're on. So you're aware that we put up something, uh, something new. But uh, that's about it for the last, oh, 70 minutes. So, So thanks for the time for listening. And then hopefully next time we're on, it isn't a space heater chat it's actually episode 65 talk to you then see you later everybody